going. Okay. We're going. Um, Hello and welcome. Hello. Um, okay, so quick recap. We are still in a hot tub. For anyone who's not aware, I tend to take a lot of jobs and pet care and other odd things working for usually some pretty fucking bougie people. So right now I'm taking care of a beautiful little dog named Toffee, a lovely little cat named Sadie, uh, and a bunch of fucking fish, and they have a hot tub. So that's where we're at right now. Um, and that's why if you hear thunder or splashing, that's, that's where, that's it's because we're luxurious. And we are talking about Harry Potter, and I am going to take my little soapbox moment to discuss the ethics of the hidden world of Harry Potter. So we're going to talk about how the um, notion that wizards hide and completely conceal their world from everyone else, everyone who is non-magical. Um, we're going to talk about how that works from an ethical standpoint. Now keep in mind, ethics is a complex um, it's very, study, a it's complex notion, complex. people have different ethical codes. So I, I will put this with the asterisk if I'm, ta I'm speaking from my personal ethical code. Yes. How fucking ever. <laughs> um, I feel like it's safe to say that J.K. Rowling's personal ethics are not the best. Yeah, I, I, I'm so confident saying I'm a better person than J.K. Rowling. It's ridiculous. Transphobic <laughs> asshole. I um, will never have my respect ever yeah, again. No, and like the fact that she thought she could throw us gays a bone by being like Dumbledore's gay. And also, it's not in the books and it's not going to be in the movies, but trust me. Um, also, like she recently published some open statement letter. It, no. Also, she's low-key an English imperialist. I've talked Listen about this. Listen to our Harry Potter episode if you haven't already to hear our full thoughts on J.K. Rowling. Yeah. We just, hate her. Just know we, 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 don't, we don't fuck we with don't the bitch. We don't stand. We don't stand. We don't fuck with the bitch. And I'm here to talk about how... And this is something that I will say is not unique to Harry Potter. There's this notion that exists in many, many pieces of fiction that focus on magical worlds that exist within our world, like that are secretive, that are private, the public don't know about it. And I've always had an issue with how that works from a moral and ethical standpoint. Um, because I, for full disclosure, I am an anarcho-communist. I believe, we're not gonna get into all of that, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I believe that I we, yeah, at the end of the day, I believe, and I think we both believe, as humans, we all have a duty to the society that we are a part of. We 100%. have a duty to our community. 100%. Humans are biologically, evolutionarily speaking, social creatures. We're not supposed to only look out for, out for ourselves. And my problem with the wizarding world is that the wizarding world only, A, the storm's going away, the wizarding world only looks out for itself, and it does so to the direct detriment of the muggle world. That's, and it's this incredibly frustrating, fascinating, but frustrating juxtaposition of the wizarding world is so archaic, so underdeveloped, but has so many things that could empower and improve the health, the wellness, the equality, the livelihoods of people in the muggle world, but they withhold that knowledge, withhold those resources on the basis of the idea of, and in the first book, the way Hagrid describes it is, if muggles know about wizards, they'll always be asking us for stuff. So it's not about protecting themselves. It's not about their safety and their livelihoods. It is about their ability 
to not be bothered with the needs of others. That's so strange, especially since there are plenty of wizards who come from exclusively muggle families. Yes. So it's like they're allowed to cherry pick which muggles they like and support. And here's the thing, the whole conflict of the series is the uprising of a movement that is distinctly anti-muggle and anti-muggle-born. So if J.K. Rowling is going to say that these people who are anti-muggle, they want to enslave muggle people, they want to deprive muggle-born witches and wizards and sorcerers and sorceresses of their ability to practice magic because they believe they're not true wizards, witches, sorcerers, and sorceresses, mm -hmm. how are you then also going to say that it is okay, it is justifiable that the wizarding world is completely hidden to the muggle world when we know it is highly, heavily implied that the wizarding world has cures for illnesses that right. the muggle world does not. That's so fucked that up. In the wizarding world, the dodo, a species that was run into extinction by European colonists, I'm so by human activity. I will never not be upset about that. In the wizarding world, the dodo is a magical creature that still exists, but the wizarding world, the Ministry of Magic and other wizarding governing bodies choose to allow muggles to believe that that species is extinct just because, oh, it helps them care about ecology. Instead of engaging with a conversation with them about preservation and about how magic can be used to enhance our conservation efforts, Especially the choice is made to let humans think that they ran a species into extinction. So they look back and they think there's no need to communicate with the muggle world about this. We only know of two times in the entire wizarding world in which the wizarding leaders reach out to the muggles. So that's once in the first wizarding world war in which the minister of magic reaches out to the prime minister who at that point would have been Margaret Thatcher. Fuck her by the way. Um, <laughs> And then we see, of course, in the later books, when the second Wizarding World has broken out, the new Prime Minister is reached out to by, um... King Lushak. Is it? It's King Lushak. It would be one thing if the Wizarding World and the Muggle World were 100% exclusive from one another. But you have but the, the power to choose you to have say, we're going to go and talk to them about this. You have the power to choose, and you, and you distinctly see within the series that they are integrated. And the wizards make an effort to try to pretend to be muggles at specific times, but it's like when they decide on their terms, they yeah. get to be integrated. And it's always a self-serving purpose. Yes. It's never them giving back to the muggle world, which I think is morally irresponsible. It's not just morally, it's morally abhorrent. Yeah. Because if you are saying, oh, how dare those Death Eaters believe, it, it's honestly, you could, considering, oh considering J.K. Rowling's bullshit, you could draw a parallel between white supremacy as a distinct ideology and white supremacy as an institutional value. White supremacy as an instinctional, as, as, as a distinctive, not instinctional, sorry. I don't even know if that's a word. As a distinctive ideology is Death Eaters saying muggle should be enslaved, muggle should be held below us, etc. But as a institutional um, facet of society, pure blood supremacy is the fact that they don't communicate with the muggle world. They look down on muggles, even though they're an archaic society, they consider muggles to be underdeveloped. They judge muggles for their various shortcomings, knowing that if they went out and they helped the muggle world, if they had a society that was fully open and fully integrated, they could establish so many means of saving so many lives, of improving the stat stature of the world. Think of the ecological, environmental strides we could take if we have the capacity for magic 
on a global scale. Think of how you can make tents that are bigger on the inside. So right. you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to worry about taking up land anymore. Deforestation like Because you issue. you could establish distinct rules about creating homes that use magic to manipulate space in order to not disturb natural environments. Right. You could create functioning vehicles that don't rely on carbon emissions. You could increase the power of so many sustainable resources through magic, but they decide not to do that because of this idea of staying separate so that they don't have to be bothered by muggle problems. And the fact that this is something that in fantasy and sci-fi writing, we so comfortably accept as a society that they would withhold these resources and keep themselves secret because it's more convenient for them, I think speaks to something deeply problematic in how we are taught and how we are indoctrinated into capitalist mindsets that tell us that it's okay to withhold life-saving, world-saving resources that can benefit everyone as a whole. I think that it's really frustrating because you fall in love with these characters with their individual values, but you're constantly introducing a, into a world that doesn't hold those values whatsoever. And you have to make peace with that juxtaposition of people living in a world that is objectively unethical. The wizarding world, the more and more and more you examine it, is archaic and unjustifiably ethically backwards. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so frustrating because this is such a norm. We're expected to accept these things. And I really hope that as writing continues, as Millennials and Gen Z kids are starting to become. Gen Z are gonna. gonna as they become that. writers, as we become the new storytellers, I really hope and believe that tropes like that, of these hidden worlds that hold knowledge that could save everyone, but they're just not gonna do it. That we no longer justify those notions. I think of like when you think about the Black Panther film and how Wakanda has been a hidden nation for millennia, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and T'Challa, the young king, comes to the conclusion that they were wrong to hide from the world. That because they hid from the world, um, the white colonization of Africa was able to devastate the continent in ways unimaginable. The African diaspora has suffered immensely. So when you think about Wakanda and King T'Challa telling his ancestors, you were wrong, you were wrong to hide from the world. That's what I'm hoping is like the new wave in terms of fiction. And I'm frankly very done, especially when you look at the context of J.K. Rowling basically being an imperialist who thinks that Scottish people who want to be their own nation are um, nationalists who should be crushed, who thinks that, who never makes any commentary about the colonial power of the English and British Empire and how Anglo supremacy and white supremacy function as forms of violence to this day. For her to be writing in this world that seems to have no real concern for outsiders um, says a lot about who she is um, and what her values are. And the more and more you think about it, the more and more I think that we shouldn't have been surprised when it turned out that she was like, you know, a raging fucking cunt.